my god. Welcome to the seventh episode of the Malarkey Adventures with Jack and Shelly. My name is Jack. And I'm Shelly. And on this episode, we have a very unique topic to discuss. On this episode, we are going to be going over the miniseries on Peacock, The Sins of the Amish. Ooh, interesting. And on top of that, we are going to be doing a Bible study on the Amish. Yes, our very first Bible study. Who would have thought we'd be talking about the Amish for our first Bible study? So make sure to go ahead, tell your friends, your family members, and even some of the church congregations that you may be a part of, and let them know to come get Get your your dose of malarkey. Yes, here we are again. It is Sunday afternoon at the time of the recording. Here we are with the Malarkey Adventures with Jack and Shelly. Now, before we get to the main topic of the sins of the Amish, Shelly, my beautiful wife, (laughs) how was your week? Splendid. Among other things, um, we have some funny malarkey for you that actually took place yesterday when um, we went out to celebrate a a birthday for a family member. And our dog, Coconut, he's not a he's a great dog. Don't get me wrong, but he can't be trusted. This dog is crazy. And we usually it's very hard to leave him by himself in the house because historically, ever since he was a puppy, he would just run around and tear things up and go crazy. However, we chose to um, do a little test on him. We had our, our one of our um, security cameras charging, so we just decided, oh, we'll take advantage. We'll turn the TV on. We'll put the camera inside the living room and just monitor him from there. Yeah, and, you know, the funny thing is it came by accident when this uh, thought process came in because, yeah, like you had mentioned, Shelly, that our security camera, when – Usually we have it outside, but this type of security camera needs to be charged every once in a while through a USB cord. So that being said, uh, when we decided to go out for this family member's birthday, um, Coco, uh, he had to be by himself. So what we decided to do was, hey, you know, the, the security camera is here. It's on right now. So why don't we just go ahead and put this security camera on record while Coco is at home by himself and we're out and about celebrating this family member's birthday and let's just see what happens. And if Coco decides to tear up the whole living room, the whole house, we would know, we would have an idea. But if he doesn't and if he's on his best behavior, then good, then we could trust them being out and about inside the house and not him being cooked up in his pen. Yeah, he, he, he's he been crate trained, just to give a little background, he's been crate trained since he was younger. And, and for the longest time, it was best for him because again, like he, he had a habit of tearing things up in the house and going all over the place. But now that he's older and hopefully wiser, um, we figured we'd give it a test run and have him try and behave himself in the house without being in the crate. Turns out he did pretty good. He for, did do really good. He did. 
um, actually better than I anticipated. So there were no messes. You know, we kept all the other doors closed and we put the pillows up and on the, on the um, <laughs> kitchen did. table. You made with. sure that we had to put the pillows up on the table just to make sure he doesn't do anything naughty with those pillows. Ugh. Yeah. And um, yeah, the only thing that he did not do, well, I mean, that he wasn't supposed to do was jump on the couch, which we caught him doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was some malarkey. The funniest thing was we tried to speak with him through our phones, through the camera. And yep. it was my younger cousin, my cousin's son, who was like, get down! <laughs> and then he, he, he quickly, Coco quickly looked to the camera and got his butt down. So it did the job. <laughs> and boy, did Coco listen for sure. I mean, he it took him a minute to get down from the couch. But you know what? As soon as your little cousin decided to uh, listen in on the whole thing and just decided to just tell Coco to sit down, he did exactly that. Coco just decided to get down from the couch and just be off of it throughout the rest of the time when he was just home alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we left a little animal planet for him just to keep himself busy. Yeah. And then um, so by the time we got back home yesterday... um, it wasn't really even dirty. Everything looked the same for the most part. Of course, Coco was very happy when he saw us when we came back. Losing um, his mind. Losing his mind. Uh, here's some other crazy, a few other things that had happened, um, even today, earlier this morning. So earlier this morning, when I woke up and decided to take Coco outside, uh, and mind you, this is when now the security camera is fully charged and ready to go. So the security camera is right back outside. Coconut sees the cat right next door across the gate and he is at a barking match with this cat and this cat is hissing at him the cat has his back arched arched and it looked like they were gonna have a showdown but of course the the fence was blocking between them two so you know there wasn't really anything Coco could do, but just try to bark it away. And that's exactly what he did. And we got that on camera as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but four-legged comedian for sure. But Jack, my wonderful husband. Yes. Was there any other malarkey you wanted to share? Yeah. So the other malarkey that had happened today is when all of us, and I even mean by our sister-in-law, and my sister-in-law, your sister, um, we all left the house again and we left Coco behind. And so when we came back home, we had a little surprise. There was water all over the floor in the kitchen. Thankfully, it was just water. Just water, nothing else. So we had a little talk with Coco and uh, we had to clean up after him. And that was a malarkey because we hoped that based on yesterday's performance, Coco would be on his best behavior and wouldn't cause a mess. Turns out today, out of all days, he decides to just just completely knock over the water. His drinking water, mind you. <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe that's what we get for not leaving Animal Planet on this time. I guess so. The, something should have been on in the background, but that was up to your sister to be able to put something on the television. Oy, oy, oy. I mean, she did turn on the TV, but nothing was on. 
yeah, no, that was, that might've been the issue there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if anything else, that was a little bit about the malarkey that we had gone through this week, mainly because of our dog coconut. He's right outside this door, just trying to get in while we are recording this podcast. Yes, Coco, we're talking about you right now. <laughs> so why don't we just take a moment Get this transition going on. Let's get to our main topic. We're going to be talking about the miniseries that is on Peacock right now. It is called The Sins of, of the, the Amish. Amish. All righty, so here we are. We're going to be discussing the miniseries that is on Peacock right now. It is The Sins of the Amish. Amish. Now, overall thoughts, Shelly, what did you think about this miniseries? You know, it's a very intriguing series. Um, I really like true crime now nowadays and, you know, Dateline and, you know, 2020. This was an interesting one, though, um, because like most people, you know, I really didn't know much of the background of the Amish other than, you know, they don't care to use technology as like, as we are used to it, or, um, you know, they, they're, they're very old school to say, to put it to, <laughs> to a minimum. But, you know, I think, you know, this series was an eye opener because it really does reveal just some of the things that takes place in this community and takes place particularly, you know, amongst family members as well. And it's a, it's a real eye opener. Um, what did you get out of it? Uh, oh, gosh. Well, there was a lot that I got out of this two-part miniseries. Overall, my thought is the Amish community is very, very dark, very sinful. Um, and you really have to question their biblical practices and this is part of the reason why we're also going to do a Bible study after when we're done talking about this mini-series. Because as Christians, and just to let all of you know, me and Shelly are Christians. Um, and we do follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's our thing. As we are passionate about the Lord, some things that we have to put into question about other maybe denominations, non-denominations within the Christian body, uh, the Amish is definitely one that we have to discuss because I feel as if, in my opinion, within the Amish community and just within the Christian world as a general, the Amish do not get talked about and maybe they like it for that very reason. That's what I was thinking too, that they, they don't really like the publicity. They don't want to be in the spotlight. And I think maybe it's, it is due to just some of the things that are being covered up or not spoken about. Yeah. So let's dive right into the sins of the Amish. So again, this is a two part Peacock TV documentary miniseries. Um, and this deals with former members of the Amish and Mennonites, traditionalist Christian communities that are being alleged of the toxic pattern that goes on within sexual abuse and the shaming of silencing of victims that's occurred across not just in recent time we're talking over hundreds of years ever since they even existed in america and so it, it breaks it down to one uh, two different parts number one the victim interviews 
uh, a mix with commentary from apps with from outside uh, observers, and then you have a trio of siblings accusers facing sentences from a Wisconsin judge. So, really, in this case, with this type of documentary, I mean, you have this overview when it comes to just this presentation. Like how you said, this is in a way a true crime where as we are watching it, we're thinking in a sense where, wow, I mean, there are so many things within the Amish community based on rules and practices that are very frightening, especially if you're a young girl, uh, because there's so many sexual abuse and assault that's happening for many of these girls and even women when they get older, a lot of them told to just to stay silent. I mean, what do you, what are your thoughts about this? I mean, I think, you know, what really kind of makes you ponder it is when one of the victims had said, you know, the biggest crime wasn't the rape itself. It was going to the police and talking about it Yeah, and how many of these victims, they'll actually go and back the perpetrator rather than the victim herself. And, you know, one thing that really, and this is the first time I've ever heard of such a thing too, um, you know, for the young Amish girls who are just reaching puberty or 11 years old, you know, they, they receive like a pamphlet that does discuss like, you know, uh, okay, you know, all you're changing or whatnot. And, you know, you got to be careful of, um, you know, showing modesty and right. watch how you dress yourself and present yourself because your brothers allegedly or other male members of your community, it may awaken, quote unquote, uh, their sexual desire or their lust or however you want to call it. It It is lust at the end of the day. And, you know, right. pretty much make them out of control of whatever they do to you. And I think that's such a shame. You know, you're, you're already establishing that mindset from like a young age at like 11 years old, you know, it's going to be your fault if anything happens to you. And they, they allow this to happen. It's permissible, you know, for these boys and these men to assault these girls. And it's horrifying because some of them are as young as maybe six years old and three, I think the youngest was what? Three Three years old. Three years old. Three. What could a three-year-old do to satisfy you exactly? Like, it's such a shame. And and oftentimes, it's the older brothers. Yeah. Maybe even the father. And it's like, why? 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 (laughs) There's there's just no answer for it. Yeah. And here's the thing that got me the most out of the entire documentary series. Um, I believe her name was Mary where it was the one with the red hair, short hair. Um, When she was talking about the booklet that she and the rest of the Amish... Now, here's the thing that I have a question about. Was it only the little girls that got this book? Or was it the the boys that got this book as well, too, when it came to uh, sexual education? Well, I believe for the cover that she had, it was pertain specifically to the girls um yes it said for an 11 year old girl for an 11 year old girl and basically what this book and i'm going to paraphrase this is that this sexual education book that was made for these young girls was basically telling them that the boys are going to be tempted by your appeal and by your look so do whatever it is you can to try to cover yourself up and be a modest woman because 
these boys are going to be tempted. Don't be surprised if they come after you because of the urge and the sexual desire that these young boys have and these hormones. And then if there is anything that happens to you, it's your fault. Yeah. How, I mean, what on earth does that, what message does that tell to the woman and what excuse does it give to the little boy to say, I'm okay to sexually assault this young girl as young as three years old. It gives these boys and these men, you know, a, a license to sin essentially, you know, that they won't be held accountable for whatever they do. And primarily because their core belief is that, you know, if God has forgiven me, then it doesn't matter what man thinks. But the thing is that, that yeah. that's so unbiblical in the sense, you know, yes, God forgives you if you give your life to him if you give your life to Jesus Christ and you know, the, the key thing is you, you must repent of your sin. You can't just continue to live this unrepentant lifestyle and choose to do these evil acts and inflict them and hurt others. You can't do that. You cannot call yourself a believer and still partake in that in, in those actions. And that's the problem there. You know, that, that, you know, they believe that, Oh, well, I'm the highest, uh, earthly authority here and I could just do whatever I please and I own these women and I and I get to choose when and where and how I do it with them. It, it's unbiblical. It's totally unbiblical. Also shows how perverse the Amish community could be. And not only that, they created these rules of, like moved forward by these men, not so much women, but by men to excuse these actions that goes on in this community. And this whole Amish community has this picture of being this nice, very God-loving type of group of people. We'll get to that when we get to our Bible study because we do need to analyze that a little bit more. But here's the thing, even when it comes to the Amish community and a lot of takeaways that we got from this documentary series is that they do not want any type of negative image to come up, out from their inner circle. And the surprising thing as as a side note too, the Omnish make up anywhere between two million to three million dollars annually from tourists coming to their communities yes. and watching them. This is their tourism. They're making two million to three hundred million dollars annually a year from tourism. That's why they want to keep a clean image yep. to keep a very low key profile. And, you know, this documentary, I believe, may hurt those may hurt a bit of that industry for them because that is their their money. That's that's how they make their income. And the funny thing is, I don't even think they're going to be having any idea that this documentary is out. They don't have any former technology. They can't watch it since it's on Peacock. But nevertheless, I do think even by us talking about them is going to hurt their reputation. And listen, for those who are listening right now, we're not saying that we hate the Amish community. What we are trying to do is bring awareness as to what's going on in that community, because you have so many women there, young girls who are being victimized by these assaults, rapes that happened from these young men, young boys, grown adults that go out of their way to sexually assault these girls, these women. And it's not even being talked about all that much. I mean, this has been going on for centuries and this has all been hush-hush. 
in their community. So for us in the outside who, mind you, we didn't really even know about it until like the documentary came out. I think there were some other documentaries that have hinted about stuff like this going on, but never really to the extent of the detail that we were able to figure out in this mini series, Sins of the Amish. So, and here's the thing that I love, like these, um, I love these um, film studios that like to use Bible verses especially if they're non-believers, like they like to use like these Bible verses that they, they'll they say, oh, it's one thing. And then when you look at the context, it's like, um, well, it's not exactly what you alluded to. So in this miniseries, they quote Ephesians chapter five, verses 22 to 24, where it says, and I quote, wives, submit to your own husbands as the Lord, as unto the Lord, excuse me, for the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subjected to Christ, so let the wise be to their own husbands in everything. So here's the crazy thing about that is when, and I understand for the victims how they feel about a Bible verse like that. Here's the thing. When it comes to that kind of verse, we are called to be submissive to one another because that is what the example is for us to be submissive unto the Lord. That is the idea for the example. Here, here is what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that for the husbands, you know, like they, <laughs> and I guess for some, it's kind of like, well, I could treat how my wife however I want to because the wife is supposed to obey me and I'm supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to be the head of the house. So, I have the control over everything, which in a way, yes, but at the same time, it's like you're if you continue to read the Bible verse where it says in Ephesians 25, where it says, husband loves your wife as Christ has also loved the church and gave himself for her. So you're supposed to love her as well. That doesn't mean you get to sexually assault her and abuse her. Is that really love? Is that really you showing your affection towards her? You may say it is, though, but abusing her, assaulting her, probably hitting her too. Is that really like something that is something biblical that you say that is righteous? I don't, what, is your, what is your take on this, Shelly? I mean, I'm, I'm with you on there. Like, you know, they, I, I find it astonishing for many uh, religious communities, um, not all, but some, you know, they'll, they'll take the, like what you're saying, um, Ephesians um, 5.22, and they stop at, at 22 well 20 yeah they stop yeah at they stop at 22 but you know they 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 don't go past excuse me 22 to 23 they don't go continue on like to where verse 25 says you know husbands loves your love your wives just as christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he may sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word and that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and without blemish. And husbands so ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And, you know, I think that says a lot because it's like, it's it's a very sacrificial love in a way. And I, I mean, I, I know you've put up with a lot of my malarkey for mm. about, you know, four years going on five years, but, you know, I'm thankful for that because you've always lived with me in consideration and you've always, you know, considered my needs too. And that's how it has to go. You know, 
what kind of wife wants to submit to her husband if he's going to be domineering and and inconsiderate and cruel you know that that's not how how it's demonstrated in the bible that it's not biblical that way right and also too because if you take that out of context you could take a lot of bible verses out of context and you could say well it means this but it actually means something else as the lord has already put it clearly in scripture without any form of additional interpretation to go on top of that and so yeah this is where the husbands could easily use especially in this omnish community they could use this verse and say well you're supposed to obey me so i get to do whatever it is i want but okay what if you yeah you hit her that's biblical is that is that loving your wife i mean because they use it as an advantage for a power game and here here's the thing that is taken away from this type of documentary is that listen there's a lot of abuse that's going on and there's there's a lot of silent voices that are not even being projected onto the world because this community like how you alluded to this Amish community whether it's from Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Washington State, even like states like Ohio, where they are all hush hush because they don't want their reputation to get destroyed. Because as soon as their reputation gets destroyed, their main source of revenue is tourism. And if people don't go out and see them because, well, look at that. They're very old school. Oh, wait, they're God loving people. Oh, look at their tradition. They don't use electricity. They're so nice and loving. If this gets out there, with the other documentaries, with our podcasts, with other podcasts out there, they are going to be tarnished. And how else are they going to make their money? How Because tourism is their number one way to make money. Yeah. So if, if they don't have that, then I can only imagine what their mindset would be at that point, how more abusive that they're going to be. And listen, we'll get into the Bible study very soon, but let's kind of wrap up our thoughts about this type of miniseries because at the end of this miniseries um there was a family that decided to go to court because the husband was abusing not only the wife but i believe the children his own daughters on top of that long story short they end up winning the case um and it went very well unfortunately for some of the other women who had been abused um within the past any especially one i think it was married the same one with the red hair short hair it was brought up to court and you see so many of the Amish um, community come out, even in a state like Pennsylvania, where they were coming out in drones just to support this case back in 2004. It did not go her Mary's way. And the judge ended up going pretty much on the side. Was it like a short sentence for the guy? It wasn't even like he didn't even need to go to jail. It was like probation. Well, see, the problem was um, for most of these men who in the Amish community who do perpetrate um, sexual abuse they actually confess to the and they to the allegations they they don't put up a fight you know they don't drag it out in court they're very forthright about it yeah and see and that's the trouble there because see then they from there they get leverage to negotiate their you know their sentence whether it's probation or yeah. community service you know um you know honestly there there had been very little jail time for them because they confessed up front and was able to negotiate through their lawyers and the judge to get a lenient sentence because honestly if any other person would who who if there was just like a random person who came from down the street and was like oh i raped my daughter like 600 times what would happen to them i mean 
honestly, like unless they work out a plea deal, unless they work out a plea deal, yeah, you know, um, out of all the cases um, that were you know, brought up in this documentary, I think only one, and that was the father who was assaulting the wife and his children mm -hmm. had to register as a sex offender. Yes. That mm -hmm. was the only one, you know, out of many, many cases. And I, 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 my heart breaks for these families because clearly it's a generational issue. You know, it often starts with the mother, you know, upon marriage um, and they marry very young, you know, as soon as the girl is 18, the, they're pretty much, you know, married off. And from there, you know, you're expected your whole, your whole purpose as a woman within the Amish community is to serve your husband, serve your household, have babies, simple as that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if the husband, you know, is, is assaulting the wife, you know, and if he has daughters, what's going to happen down the road? It's his daughters are next. And it's, and it's such, you know, it just breaks my heart because, you know, what, how could you do that to your own children? You know, girls, little girls, not even mature girls. We're talking three years old, six three years, years old. old. What could they possibly do for you? You know, it's a very sick mindset. And, you know, you know, God be with those babies because, you know, that scars them for life. You know, many of those victims grow up and they haven't even, even just got to the tip of the iceberg of their, their, their trauma, you know, this is something that affects them the rest of their lives. Yeah. And if you're saying if you're pro-life, let's let's put this into perspective. If you're pro-life, just don't be pro-life when it comes to the unborn child. That absolutely you should be. You should also be pro-life for those who are born, who are babies, who are toddlers, who are young girls, young boys, teenagers, adults. These are people who are being affected in this community, this Amish community, and they do not have a voice to go to because if they go to the police, the Amish community could do anything to them, shun them, send them out to another state with no support, no food, no water. They could, who knows, assault them in, in, in within their own confines of a barn, even their own homes. And they, and here's the sad thing is that the Amish community see almost like this unforgettable sin it's not so much of you sexually abusing these young girls or these women but you actually going to the police and telling them that you had abused this poor girl or this poor woman here it's so disturbing here um now so let me let me ask you this question would you re recommend this documentary to anybody oh absolutely without a doubt um it's a very educational, it's an eye-opening documentary. And, you know, this this is going to be sensitive to some viewers, you know, because it does heavily discuss, like, the subject of sexual assault, yeah. generational trauma. Um, you know, it, it, it could be a trigger for some people. But, I mean, I, I do highly recommend seeing it if you have a, if you have a chance. Watch both episodes. It's a, it's a good, you know, it's a good documentary overall. But what about you, Jack? I definitely recommend it. I, uh, specifically to the church community. And I feel as if like for the church community, you have to be able to watch this documentary. I understand the material may be uncomfortable. There might be some language in there that may be 
unsettling for you, but this is the world, okay? And this is the only way that we're going to open up our eyes and our ears and to be able to reach out for those who might be affected by this and also preach the gospel effectively for those, especially for those who do not know the Amish community as to what it is. So that being said, that's the perfect transition for us to get to our Bible study on the Amish and to find out if whether or not if the Amish church and the community is even a biblical church practicing Christian group. All right, here we are. We are now going to be doing a Bible study about the Amish. What are their beliefs? And are they biblical church? Should you even entertain thinking about going Amish? Now, you probably have never asked yourself that question, but let's just put that into perspective. Have you ever thought about it? If you ever did, you might want to think twice. And let's just dive into the Amish here. So before we get into this topic, let us go ahead and pray before we get into this Bible study here. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. Father, we pray, Father, that you open up our eyes, our ears, our mouths to the truth of your word. God, we want to be able to be enlightened by your word. We pray, Lord, that as we go over this Bible study about the Omnish, Lord, we learn a thing or two about what this community is. Find out if they're if they're a Bible-believing church, if they preach truth, if they what their practice is. It's even biblical for us to follow. We pray for those who are in the church, who may be affected by the church, and may we just um, use this platform, God, to be able to reach out to as many people as possible, maybe for those who aren't even in the Amish community, but maybe a part of another community, that they could be enlightened by this and open up their eyes more to your word so that way they know what the truth is and the truth is through your son jesus lord we thank you so much for your son jesus to die on the cross for our sins lord forgive us father and may we just be obedient to your word cleanse us now with your holy spirit we pray these things in jesus name amen, amen. okay good prayer mm-hmm. okay so who are the Amish and what are their beliefs? So the way that we're going to be doing this Bible study is we're going to be using gotquestions.ministry. So gotquestions ministry, love this ministry, very detailed as it comes to a lot of the different topics out there, um, especially in this case, the Amish is great. Um, so let's just go ahead and start a little bit about the history, about the Amish, about you know, who they are. So the Amish are a group of people who followed the teachings of a man named Jacob Amon, Jacob Amon, a 17th century citizen of Switzerland. It is a Protestant denomination closely related to the Mennonites, the Amish, most of whom live in the United States. And they follow this custom, uh, simple customs, that is, and they refuse to take oaths, vote or perform a military service, they shun out modern technology and conveniences. Transportation for the Amish is done by horses and buggies. So you probably have seen that a lot. You're probably going to see a lot of the uh, transportation by the Amish. It will be like with these horses and wagons. 
and they don't even have electricity or telephones in their homes. And the men usually wear beards and pants with buttons instead of zippers. The women wear white head coverings and plain dresses, usually without buttons. And they use straight pins to fasten the clothing. Very interesting indeed with that. <laughs> and here, here's the beauty of the Amish community. So they usually go by one verse. It's in James 1, 2017. So the Amish believe that according to James 1, verse 27, where it says, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So for them, it means to stay away from the thing, the things that the world does, like driving automobiles, having a television, going to the movies, wearing makeup, and enjoying the conveniences of the electricities and phones. They often use generator to create power to run through the equipment and to use horses instead of using tractors to do their own farm work. So they have a bishop. That's their leader of the Amish community. Their community, they call it a district. And they set up the rules of conduct allowed for his district. Some bishops are more lenient than others. The Amish have church services in their own homes taking turns hosting on Sundays. So they don't really even have a church building. They usually just have church services at home. Nothing wrong with that. They usually only go to a formal school until they're the age of 15. Um, what else do we know about the Amish church, Shelly? Like anything else that you want to share about them? Um, well, based on what we're also reading, um, you know, like everyone else, they have their issues, you know, they do try to keep their issues concealed from the outside world. I mean, the youth are given a, they are given a chance to uh, go explore and taste the world, quote unquote, in their late teens to determine if they want to stay within the church or if they want to go into the world. And, you know, many of these young Amish kids, you know, they get involved with the alcohol, drugs, sex, you know, driving. Um, and Surprisingly enough, a lot of them do give it up even after getting a taste of it. But some do choose to go into the secular world and, and split from the church. Um, they are a bit similar to traditional Jews from the Old Testament and keeping with the Old Testament law. Um, you know, they have they're very strict on their do's and their don'ts. Um, they try to observe those if they if they you know mess up in one part of the list, they're in trouble and. They're in danger of being shunned and, you know, excommunication. Um, they do believe that Jesus Christ was the son of God and that he died for their sins and is the way to salvation. However, they also include a many, many um, work-based uh, practices within their views. Um, they do believe that good works are earning favor with the Lord. And, you know, if, they are, if their good works basically outweigh their bad works, then God will allow them into heaven rather than, you know, realizing that it's by grace that they are saved. Um, I'm trying to think too. Um, they do not believe in the security of salvation, which is concerning actually, yeah. because um, God has promised us to seal us within salvation by, by coming to him. And we can't lose that salvation. Um you know, there might be many times where we'll stumble or fall, but for 
those who have placed their faith in Christ, they they should understand that uh, salvation is God's free gift to us. Amen. And it's not something that will be taken away. It's a promise. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Here, Okay, so here's the good and the bad that we could take away from this. So praise Jesus in this fact that you have some within the Amish community. They do believe that Jesus Christ died for their sins. And for them, they believe that Jesus paid the full price of their sins and that they receive the grace of God in accepting him as Lord and Savior. Now, here's the problem of this church. And you just alluded to this. They cling on to this work-based philosophy, believing that salvation is based on their good works. And they do whatever it is they can to keep themselves unspotted from the world. And so here's the crazy part too, because we are called to go out into the world to preach the gospel. That's according to Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. So we're not supposed to completely withdraw ourselves from the world because there are many people within the world that need to know the good news of Jesus Christ and the salvation that Jesus has so freely given to us. And the thing is, is that like with the honest church, they're good people. Here's, here's the thing, though, about good people. Not all good people go to heaven. No. The Bible has also said that, no, there is no one righteous. No, not one. So now you're thinking to yourself, well, then who's good enough to go to heaven? The answer is nobody. That's why Jesus came to die for us. So it doesn't matter how much good work that you do. It's At the end of the day, they're like filthy rags to the Lord, especially if you're caught up in sin. That's why Jesus came. He died for us. So that way, nothing in our efforts that we do will indicate that we earned the salvation. We technically didn't earn the salvation. We were able to get that salvation freely through the blood of Jesus. I want to highlight some of the verses that we had talked about within this little study here, because there are some things that are very troubling within this type of community within the Omnish. First of all, here's the thing that stands out. They have this work-based philosophy about how they earn salvation. They believe that you could lose your salvation. If you don't do enough good works, you're not going to make it to heaven. But I thought you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now you get to lose it. Here's a verse I want to share with everybody. It's in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. This is for those who believe that they could lose their salvation. Listen to this verse carefully. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. It says, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Shelly, what does that tell you? It goes to say, you know, if, if you trust it within the Lord and you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, there there's no separation of that. There's Amen. no risk. There's no uh, risk of it being taken away. Um, you don't have to earn it. You can't earn it, quite frankly. There, there's nothing. All of our good works are like filthy rags. 
and there's nothing we could do Amen. or great or almighty that will justify it. It's as simple as that. Christ on his death on the cross had covered our sins completely and fully. Yeah. And the thing about not just with the Amish community, but other types of cults and Christian based groups out there, they believe that you have to be saved by not only by faith, but by works. They highlight a verse in James 2.24, which is like kind of like the rock bed type of verse where they quote, you see then that by man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Which is problematic because if you just take one verse out, you're thinking to yourself, well, that must be it, right? It must be emphatic. No, read the whole part of the chapter. It actually starts in verse 14 where it says, what does it profit? Again, James 2, 14. What does it profit, my brethren? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and is destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things in which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But some will say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith with your, without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Here's the thing. Um, the context of that part of James is talking about a false faith and a real faith. If you are saved by the grace and the blood of Jesus, but yet there's no evidence of showing that you are a believer, that means you have a false faith. You, your faith in Jesus is not real. That's like a person saying, yeah, I believe in God, but they kill people and are proud of doing it. And they go out and maybe other people, maybe less harsh, like they go out to clubs, they party, they, they do these gross sins, sexual sins, and like they cheat on their taxes, all that stuff. They don't even go to church. They don't even read the Bible. They don't even pray. They don't even fellowship. That's a false faith. That's what we're talking about here. It's not, oh, if faith and works, this is what saves you. No, because you could look at other chapters within the Bible. I mean, you could go to Romans chapter 3, Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 5. You could look at John 3.16. You could go through Ephesians. <laughs> go through Ephesians. Go through all of the New Testament. Heck, go through all the Old Testament. It is clear as day, whether it's Abraham talking, Paul talking, Jesus himself talking, you are justified by your faith and your faith alone in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only way that you're going to get to heaven, not by your works, not by anything else that you do. And even if you try to justify by your actions, it's crazy to even think that like, well, imagine just going up to God and saying, look, look at all the great things I've done. I'm proud of myself because what I'm able to do in the community. But you know what? God could come back to you just like in Matthew chapter 7 and say, oh, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoer. So we got to ask this question before we wrap up this podcast and end up this Bible study. Is the Amish community a biblical church, a biblical community, according to Scripture? Do they understand the truth of the salvation? The answer is no. Shelly, what are your thoughts on that? It's no, <laughs> like it's, it, if you can't, you know, let go of, of the works and believing that you could be 
you know, that, that you've been given uh, salvation through Christ. Like it's, it's just a no. So, so we advise for those who are looking to be Amish, if you're li- somehow, if you're listening to this podcast, but if you're in the Amish family, I don't know how you are. But for those who are ever curious about the Amish community and you're thinking that they're a biblical church, the answer is no, according to scripture. That doesn't mean they're evil people. You have some nice Amish people, but based on what you were able to listen to, maybe for those who haven't seen the Sins of the Amish documentary, we highly recommend that you watch it. They're not, I truly believe, based on the scriptures that we just read, they don't know, they truly don't know Jesus. Now, maybe some do, but based on the biblical doctrines that they have and based on what they teach, they don't. And we pray for those eventually that they will repent, come out, and truly put their faith and trust into Jesus Christ. And not just by works, but by faith and faith alone. All right, well, that does it for this episode of the Malarkey Adventures with Jack and Shelly. Well, this was a fun Bible study overall. We should do more of these Bible studies, huh, Shelly? I agree. I agree. (laughs) This was fun. Well, make sure to stay tuned. Um, We might have some things come up next week, so we might have a delayed podcast coming up or earlier podcast. I have some things to do next weekend, Um, so we'll keep you guys in the loop as to what's going to be going on throughout the week. So, um, but... Don't be, don't be sad. We're going to come out with more episodes and trust us, the next few episodes are going to be fun. So you want to continue to tell your friends, your families, and maybe your church to let them know that, hey, get away from all the chaos that's going on right now. If you don't have a podcast to listen to, let them know to come get your your dose of malarkey. Have a great day. Tally ho! Later.